You know our slogan around here is better practice, better life. But we're taking this belief to the next level. And we've recently announced the creation of a new association. It's called the Best Practices Association. Our association celebrates the mindset that is better practice, better life. This mindset celebrates time, healthy living, personal growth, clinical excellence, and impacting the lives of your patients and your team through intentional leadership. In fact, we are the work-life balance experts in dentistry. The BPA will coach independent dental practices like yours to thrive by sharing best practices and operational habits, behaviors, systems, tools, and insight that lead to profitability and sustained growth, and you can still have a life. So if you're a dentist that wants to surround yourself with great thinkers, let us help you create your own version of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Welcome back to another episode of the Best Practices Show. My name is Kirk Barron. My job is one thing, to bring you great thinking and great thinkers in dentistry, make you better, make your practice better. And today I've got a good friend of mine, Dr. Zach Sisler on, and I was like, come on, man, bring me a good, bring exciting title. And uh, he's got it. It's actually one of my favorite. And you're going to have to keep me on the rails today, Zach, because if you ask me how I really feel about this, but this is your show today. So today we're going to be talking about there is no plan B with my buddy, Zach. Thanks for being on, Zach. Appreciate it, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah. Now, again, um, I always like this just because you've been on here several times, but give me a little bio on who you are uh, before we get into this topic, which is such a great one. So who's Dr. Zach Sisler? So, Dr. Zach Sisler is a dad to four kids, a uh, husband to my wife, Delilah, and I have a practice in a little town of Shippensburg, Pennsylvania, which is in the middle of central PA. Um, so, a lot of farm town around us, good, honest, hardworking, blue-collar people. And um, I have a practice that kind of focuses a lot on cosmetic, aesthetic, implant, restorative dentistry type things. Um so that's kind of me in a nutshell. All right. Well, I'm going to incorporate it. There's a lot more to it than just that. But uh, today we're going to be talking about there is no plan B. And I want you to define that because if you're a dentist listening, like this is really important. And I've learned this lesson the hard way. Now, if you Google this concept, you're going to see a lot of, you know, successful people in dentistry talk about this concept, celebrities, blah, 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 whatever. And I want to relate it to how it works in your practice and your story, Zach. But why why is this topic so important to you? To me personally, it's something that I get asked about a lot. It's like, how did you how did you take your little practice in the middle of nowhere and turn it into a cosmetic practice? And um, basically have people traveling two, three, four hours away to come in and have veneers and things done like that. Um, we, it's near and dear to my heart because it, it, when you learn the importance of there is no plan B and your all your attention goes into plan A, mm-hmm. you realize 
um, how much time and effort and energy you're going to have to put into it. And so I guess over the last nine years of me pouring into this practice and kind of like being totally committed and all in, um, you develop a sense of passion for it. You develop a sense of uh, almost kind of love for it because when you see the fruits of your labor come into play and it's always so um, rewarding when it actually works out and it actually pans out how you intended it to. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think you used one of the magic words here, which is called committed. I mean, starting a business is hard. It just is. Doing anything that's worthwhile is hard. And I was joking before we hit the go button, like, being married is like, it's, I mean, it's not easy. And my, that's the most important decision I've ever made. But think about this. It's like, you don't go into it going, yeah, you know, I got this plan A and then plan B and plan C. No, you, you learn so much by being committed to, you learn about, you know, you learn to be humble. You learn to work on this. You learn on the ultimate goal, but your all of your energy goes into making this successful and um, I, I, I absolutely love what you're saying. And why, where do you think dentists go wrong with this whole concept of having a plan B or plan C? Um, you know, I think there's this tendency to like, well, what if my initial plan doesn't right. pan out? I do have to have some kind of backup. I do have to have some sort of, I'm like, well, if you need a backup from the moment you start, are you really as clear as what you think you are on your vision or clear as what you think you are and how you're going to take this practice to where you want to take it? Right. Because the moment I take my, like the moment I take my energy off of plan A and focus it to plan B, plan A is doomed to fail. Mm-hmm. So to me, when I think about it uh, from a dental standpoint, like it's, I have my vision. I have what I want this to be. I'm going to be the rate limiting step to determine whether it gets to plan A or whether I have to back off and go somewhere different. But just because plan A is my vision doesn't mean I can't evolve it as I'm going through. Just like you said with marriage, like we learn uh, as we're going through the process and we learn what is good for the marriage, what is not good for the marriage. So I have to be able to take that information that I'm getting back or the feedback that I'm getting and still evolve it. But it's not that I'm ready to completely throw away everything that I've, uh, I'm searching for everything that I'm uh, committed to and completely go 180 degrees in the opposite direction. Yeah, absolutely. And so, and I, I, I like what you're saying because, Because a lot of times it doesn't even designing a space or even designing an operatory or, or, you know, a case for heaven's sakes, like you have an idea where it's going to go for the most part. You get thrown curveballs all the time and you can change some of the nuances. But for the most part, the plan doesn't change or the outcome doesn't change. And where you're going um, is critically important. And the other thing I would just kind of, you know wrap this in is a lot of dentists are so, and I get it, like people are concerned about failure. The truth of dentistry is people don't fail colossally like you think they do. There's very few failures in dentistry. I don't meet any dentists that are like, oh man, I tried to do dentistry in a town and I failed. And I'm like, what? That just doesn't happen. Um, And it just doesn't. I mean, you can screw up a lot in dentistry and still succeed. 
And so, uh, and I get it. Everyone has challenges and thought processes, but, the, but once you're committed, you find the right type of people and then you create the systems behind it. You're going to experience small doses of success and you also start to collect the right mindset. I want you to talk about this too. You just got back from the AACD and you're like, that's one of my more favorite meetings. And I asked you why, and it's because of the dialogue that happens. Can you share that? Yeah, very much so. I mean, you know, I learned from you a long time ago, you're the average of your five closest friends. Mm -hmm. So when it comes down to it, I want to hang around people who are excited about dentistry. You know, I, I, I love doing dentistry. I love doing cosmetics. I love doing implants and things of that nature. Um, so I want to hang around people who also like to do that one, because I believe iron sharpens iron. You know, I believe that they're going to make me better because they're doing the same kind of dentistry and they're going to be able to give me insight onto what things worked, what things didn't, how they're structuring it in their practice, what systems they do have. And I don't want to necessarily hang around with people who are going to drag that down or become like an energy vampire to it and suck all the energy out of the air when it's, it is an exciting time. You know, it is a fun time to do what we do. So the AACD meeting for me is one of those big meetings each year where I get to go and people are excited to be there. They're doing a lot of elective aesthetic dentistry in their practice and they're genuinely excited. It's not doom and gloom and how corporate's here to take over or how um, insurance is going to be the death of them. No, they're like, man, this is a lot of fun. I enjoy getting up and going to work. Yeah. And so for me, I want to, I feed off of that. I feed off of that energy and I kind of want to, um, uh, I need that fuel as well. Just kind of being a solo practitioner in a small town. Mm -hmm. I'm obviously not surrounded in my area by many, uh, cosmetic dentists from that standpoint. So I have to kind of sometimes search out these meetings in order to get that camaraderie that yeah. I desperately need. Yeah, absolutely. And the origin of this, you're reading one of my favorite books of all time, which is Atomic Habits. And you said something to the effect of, you know, it's really easy to revert back to an old behavior because it's the way we've always done it. Can you just sp speak about that reality in your practice or how you look at that uh, component? Okay. Yeah, the quote uh, from Atomic Habits is it's not a it's about your commitment to the process that determines your progress. Mm -hmm. So to me, getting better in those finite little elements each day, one little aspect pays dividends exponentially in the end. Yeah. So for me, when I came to this practice in this tiny little town, like I faced a lot of opposition but I was incredibly committed to what my vision was and what the process was going to be. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I faced opposition from patients. I faced it from the current staff that I had. Um, I faced it just even from certain friends and people who were like, are you sure? Like, yeah. I just, I just can't see that vision for you. And I'm like, I can make this work. I can do this. I can do this. And so, um, you know, we took a practice that did more gold and amalgam than it did porcelain and composite and completely transformed it and kind of spun it around. But it was our commitment to that process. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting because when I first came to Shippensburg, I told the, the, the staff, now I call them my team, yeah. uh, <laughs> I, I uh, told them my vision 
I said, this is what we're going to do. And this is, this is the, this is how we're going to do it. So if you're with me, you're with me. If you're not, like, mm-hmm. I understand, you know, you can, if, if this isn't the way you see it going, then like you can find maybe another place. Yeah. Um, for the most part, I've kept everybody and now their vision has come. Their commitment to our vision has become like unwavering. Yeah. Which I'm incredibly blessed with because they truly see the impacts we get to make for patients and they truly see the benefits and the rewards of all that. So their commitment now has become somewhat unwavering. And at times they have to call me out mm-hmm. because I will sit there and I'll be like, ah, you know, like, look, we can kind of, we'll make this work. It's okay for now. And they're like, no, that's not how we do things here. Right. Like we do things this way because we know it's going to be a quality result and we know we're going to get the results we want. And I'm like, yeah. touche. Like, again, yeah. your commitment now is almost surpassing mine. And, you know, for, as a leader for my team, like that's just, that, that just warms your heart. Yeah. I mean, I mean like when they, when they can call me out on that kind of stuff, when I'm the one preaching and preaching and preaching to them, it's like, all right, good. I've done my job. Like if the dentistry goes South, who cares? Because if I've got these people around me to help pick me up and kind of move me, like uh, I feel capable of kind of conquering anything. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe I want you to go back to that because maybe we're going to experience this when we're older and our kids are a little bit older too. It's probably like being a parent. Your kids are little and you're like, I don't know if I'm getting through to anybody here. I don't know if anything's working. And then one day they do something. You're like, Whoa, that was pretty cool. Like I know where you got that from. And you're actually thinking you're, and they start doing it and you're like, I'm so happy. I guess I just had to repeat myself like 10,000 times, but go back to the original thought on that because the truth of somebody listening to this or watching this, and I've been there, I've been there a couple hundred times in 25 years of running a business is, you know, you're a lot stronger and a lot more clear as a leader. I was not, I've been clinically diagnosed as a wuss. I wavered a lot. I like approval. I hate conflict. And so a lot of my team members, you know, early on, good remember, you know, all great people. But like a lot of times I just didn't stay consistent. I was all over the place. And so when team members would go, this isn't going to work, I would actually drive home and go, yeah, they're kind of right. Like, and you start to, you know, and then you start to think to yourself, wait a minute, I own this place. Like, wait, 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 what, what is going on here? Like, and you start to confidently move in your direction. And what happens is people move forward or they move out. Same thing that happens with patients. I would imagine a lot of those patients, you know, they had to decide whether or not they wanted to be in the practice. And your fear is they're all going to leave and they don't, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so did you ever have any resistance at all or is it, was it just a smooth path for no, no, of course we all have resistance. Yeah. And I think it's just a matter of how you're going to handle the resistance. You know, yeah. for us, there's the dis, there's a difference in somebody like me coming into a brand new practice and not knowing anybody, not knowing the area, not right. knowing any of the patients. That doesn't mean it's, I think you can do a my way or the highway in a loving approach. Okay. So the way I would say that is when we faced resistance, it wasn't like, you don't want to, you don't want what we've got to offer. Get out. No, it's not that it's still giving them kind of, Hey, you know what? We care about you. We wouldn't recommend this if it really wasn't in your best interest. Mm -hmm. So someday when you're ready, we're going to be here for you. And that, that right there has planted so many seeds and really just kind of going on good faith. 
um, has provided so many benefits for our practice because um, I don't I don't feel like a lot of people get the pushy sensation uh, from us. We're not we, we don't try to be pushy. We really just try to help put options out there and let people make the best solution or make the best decision for themselves. Um, And I feel like when you, like when you uh, come up against that resistance, people are trying to, yes, push the boundary and push to see what they can get away with. Right. And I get that, but there's also a way of saying, look, you know, we care about you here. I was like, so it's not that we're kicking you to the curb. It's we're going to keep you here. We're going to love on you more. We're going to see you every six months. We're going to still talk about this. And those people that, I mean, honestly, I talked to nine years ago and now people are still, eh, they're just finally coming around and they're yeah. ready to move on. Yeah. And it's like, that's great. But it's also been the support staff that I've had with me, the team now, who have bought into that vision and can comfortably say that in a kind manner too. Yeah. So I feel like... <clears throat> It's not that you have to always butt heads with resistance. It's that you can come alongside people in their resistance and kind of say, hey, look, I'm still here with you and we're going to help you, but we'll do it in your time. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with you. I mean, the word that comes to my mind is consistency, you know, and like if you're incredibly consistent with your family. With heck, with dogs, during with team members, with patients, you're going to find that they will they'll start to feel the confidence from you. They'll know what to expect. You know, over time, they, they'll never be thrown by a curveball in all those. And, and you'll find you just create this collective inertia. Now, I want to ask you about the plan B thing. Let's go into specifics because here's I'm going to throw you a problem. You're going to give us a solution. Okay. And you're doing one of my favorite specifics. So the hours thing. So this isn't always about comprehensive dentistry or cosmetic dentistry, but let's just go into how people utilize their time. I know your hours, you know? And so one of the challenges I have is when I'm telling young dentists that have an amazing practice and they're like, yeah, I love the seven to three, but I'll do seven to three on Mondays and Friday, maybe Mondays and Wednesdays. And then I'm going to keep the Saturdays. And then I also want to keep the Thursday nights until 9 PM, you know, just in case, just in case the seven to three doesn't work. But you know, you didn't do it like that. You jumped all, all in on that. Now I'm very biased because I love that schedule when people get a life, but how, how would you look at that? How you utilize your hours with no plan B? There was no plan B for you. Yeah, no, there was no plan B with that. And I, you know, was it scary? Yeah, it was scary. You sure you sit there, you sit back and you think, Oh, oh man, what's going to happen. But again, I think we related it back to really our core values and our vision. So when we say that we want to be relational with people, when we say that we want them to feel uplifted and things when they come into the office, it's not just because I want that at the office. I want my family to feel that too. And guess what? My family needs to see me other than at 9 p.m. on a Thursday night when I got off work. Right. I want them to get some of the best hours too. So for us, a very clear part of our vision was we wanted to have time outside of the office. I don't, I don't, uh, live to work. I work to live Love it in a way. So from that standpoint, when I told my team, I was like, Hey, what do you guys think about this seven to three? They said, you name the date we're all in because <laughs> they, and we did, and, and we actually ratcheted it back. I said, well, 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 we, you know, we've got to do it six months from now because that's when hygiene is and we can work through it. And then they started ratcheting it back. They're like, Hey, I think we can do it in four months. 
And I was like, okay, awesome. Like, let's go. Mm -hmm. So when we did it, the first probably two or three weeks into it, we all felt so guilty. We like, we felt so good getting out of the office. We're like, is this, is this like allowed? Is this like legal? Like for us to feel so incredibly like good about going home to our families and, and like just having that time. And so it only took about a month and then we're like, yeah, this is okay. <laughs> but <laughs> no turning back. Now. And, yeah. and you know, again, I, in the, a lot of the team members here, obviously it's female dominated. They wanted to get home. They wanted to go watch uh, ball games. They wanted to get home and maybe, maybe they're making dinner or maybe they've got, a, they wanted to pick kids up from school, whatever it may be. We prioritize that as part of our vision and newsflash, like we really didn't lose that many patients, you know, we did lose a few, but the majority of our people who valued our core values, meaning like they wanted the relational part, they did feel really good when they came in and they just said, Hey, what's, what's the earliest you've got? You got seven. I'll be here then. So I feel like that's one thing where we went all in, had the support of the team all in but it was because we were really clear on our vision and that we wanted to be out of here to yeah. enjoy other aspects of life. Yeah. Um, yeah. And your practice didn't die. No, it actually only went up. So what if I had a, a little zoom call with your team tomorrow and said, Hey, listen, I got an idea. I think we could produce more if you guys all stayed here till like 6 PM. What do you think would happen? I'd probably have pink slips on my desk from every one of them. <laughs> okay. So. All right. All right. We won't do that. Now let's take another subject. Um, let's just talk about PPOs. Like, And you can kind of tell us your journey on this whole thing. I do hear this, like, you don't understand, like my town, I still have to carry this one. I don't know that I could go in this direction and drop some of these. I got to keep a few of them. And is, you know, there's a plan B or C with that one too. I mean, what are your thoughts? And I I don't know your entire journey on the PPO thing. Um, Tell us a little bit. Do you participate right now? I don't right now. Um, I did when I was in my other practice prior to taking this one over. Um, and there have been times there's a major, there's a few major employers here in our area who do have the insurance and we've seen people come and go, um, from that we're for insurance switches. So it's not that we're impervious and I'm sitting here saying, Oh no, everybody loves us because no, it's, um, we found the right kind of people who really value what we do now with that being said though. I talk to a lot of colleagues about this because they're always asking, well, how do you get there? What do you do? And I said, well, but, you know, in my mind, the easiest thing is just start with getting rid of the worst ones. And so I have a, a colleague friend of mine who's going through this right now. And she, um, I said, why don't you cut this one, this one, this one? And she was like, well, I just don't know. And I said, why don't you cut it and see how it goes? And she's like, we're cutting them and I'm busier than I've ever been. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, and you're not, writing off 60% or 40% of whatever your fee was. And she said, yeah, she's like, I'm completely stunned by this. And she's like, we're going to start cutting more. And I was like, well, that's great. And I said, and I think you've seen now that you can still sustain and be okay with that. And she's like, yeah, she's like, this is fantastic. And I was like, so now hopefully you're more committed to the process because to a degree, you know, commitment begins to waver when you're not seeing results as well. For sure. I mean, you know, like when you're seeing positive results and positive outcomes from what you're doing, like it makes it a whole heck of a lot easier to stay committed to the goal. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I think 
for dentists like that and they start thinking like, well, I'll have that plan B. I'll just have it on the back burner. It's like, just don't even do that. Like just right. focus on that and then find out that it's actually going to be better than what you thought. Yeah. So, yeah. Now speak to this act too. So what if I'm a young dentist and listen, I totally get the plan A thing and I, and you know, I totally understand your thought person plan B, but what if I don't have a plan? I'm just getting started. Like, and I don't know what, what I really want to do yet. Because we do have a lot of younger dentists on here and my heart goes mm-hmm. out to them. You know, they're like, where do I start? I don't even know where to go. I mean, you guys are talking about plan B. I need a plan. What would you say? I think you need to figure out what, <clears throat> I think you need to figure out what you want your life to look like and then revolve your plan around that. Tell me more. So, what do you mean by that? So what I mean is I I went to... Um, I went to dental school with people who, as they were coming out of school, they were like, I'm only going here. I'm going back to where my family's at. That's my only option. And they weren't very open-minded from the standpoint of what their vision was. Okay. And some people might say, well, they were committed to that plan. I'm like, yes, but it's because that's all they ever knew. Right. It's the area they only ever grew up in. They only know where all the grocery stores are. They, like So to a degree, when you're figuring out your vision, part of it is like envision as if you could have the life you always wanted. Mm-hmm. like, And then work backwards from that. Because if I start with, hey, I'm going to start with the biggest, grandest plan I can and then work backwards, I can reverse engineer a plan and probably get there. So I think if we set our standards too low we're never going to be able to get probably above them. But if I set my standards too high and I just, I just miss it by a little bit, it's still higher than I ever went. Mm -hmm. So to me, for these young dentists who are sitting there thinking like, I just don't even know what to think. Think about what your life would look like if you knew you could do anything, then start to work back from there. And you know, it's not going to be all at once. It is going to be a lot of little steps getting there. But it could be way better looking at it in that light rather than just saying, I'm going to play it safe and have multiple plan Bs to back it up so that in case I shoot for the stars or what's this saying? In case I shoot for the moon and I don't make it, I still fall amongst the stars, you know, that kind of mentality. So uh, when I got ready to leave dental school, I and my wife and I both were like, hey, look, we don't really have... A plan of where we're going to end up, but we just know that we'd like to be within driving distance, maybe a home so we could get on a plane. So we didn't have to get on a plane to go home because family is, you know, important to us. And, but her and I were up for an adventure and I was like, let's go like me yeah. and you, let's have some fun. Yeah. And so our vision kind of morphed into that. And now we have lots of fun because we got four kids and we don't, uh, it's craziness, <laughs> but I still feel like by looking at it in that light and just thinking like I wanted to do cosmetic dentistry ever since I left. And I was like, there's not, it's not going to stop me. I will get to it at some point. I didn't get there within my first practice, but my second practice, I was able to turn it into that. So that was my big goal when I left. That was my big vision. So we've been able to achieve that and, you know, never, you know, probably achieve way more, uh, way more of that goal than I ever initially even thought. Um, because I think even as we were striving towards that goal or striving towards that plan, a, um, 
other doors kept getting opened up, more successes came along with that. Mm-hmm. And had I not started with that vision or had I not started with that big plan, you know, maybe I wouldn't be as thrilled as what I am right now to be doing dentistry. Maybe I wouldn't be happy with my profession. Maybe I wouldn't be happy with my practice, but I just kind of viewed it as, yeah, we'll see what happens, but not, we'll see what happens, but I viewed it as what would it look like if I just wouldn't fail? Yeah. Like what would it look like if I just took off and I just kept going at it as hard as hard as I could? Yeah. You're speaking my jam. My wife gave me a coffee cup that says, what would you attempt to do if you knew you couldn't fail? And so I love it. Like, and if you come to my house, you'll see, I'll give you, it's a, it's a a constant reminder, you know, what you're going to do. Now, the other thing I would just say about dentistry is like, I hope you're listening. If you've been listening to the podcast, you're going to see we're big fans of dentistry. I think it's the greatest profession ever. I also consider it the most noble profession because Zach, no one, you know, if you're listening and you're like, oh, it sounds so easy for you guys. There's so many people out there that are willing to help you succeed. This is, mm-hmm. I don't know what other industries are like because I've only had this. I don't know what the insurance industry is like or the law profession or other professions. But I do know one thing about dentistry. You show up to any meeting, like the meeting you went to last weekend. You, and if I came to you as a young dentist, and I go, Dr. Sister, I've been watching. Would you help me? You would not say, no, kid, good luck. You know, no. um, you're, you're surrounded by a bunch of people that would help you, right? Yeah, no, very much so. I mean, I think it's it, when you surround yourself around the right people, part of it being those kinds of meetings, you're going to find people who want to see success because they're seeing it in a bigger scale. They're seeing it from a 30,000 foot view. They're not seeing like, oh, it's just me and my practice. They're seeing the profession as a whole. Yeah. So they're realizing that some of these people who are kind of sailing off into maybe the twilights of the career, they realize they got to bring others up through to kind of keep it going and to make our career or make our profession as successful and as noble is kind of what you're talking about. So I feel like when, when put in the right environment, you're going to find those people who want to see nothing but the best for you. Totally agree. Totally agree. A big piece of your plan too, to comment on this. I think self-awareness is like a huge piece of this because what we're seeing is absolutely true. I mean, there is no plan B when you go into it, only plan A. Then you also learn that you're not me more than anybody. You learn you're not really good at things. I think one of the things you can do early on is just invest as much as you can in finding out, take every test under the planet, take a desk, take a Colby, take, because it'll lighten the journey for you. I just interviewed an intern. It's so fun. And I told her, tell me your story. And she's like, well, my Clifton strengths finder. I was like, what? You're like a freshman in college. She's like, oh, I took the Clifton strengths finder. And it was such an important day for me. I figured out like who I was. I was like, are you kidding me? What a, what a great day that is. You know what I mean? Because I used to convince myself I was good at QuickBooks. I used to convince myself I could just write all these systems. And then you're like, not so smart, you know? Mm -hmm. But uh, how important was self-awareness for you in this journey? No, it was, I wish I'd found it earlier. You know, that's kind of, that's, I, and I, I think a lot of people would probably say that, but to me, um, I really came clear, like crystal clear with my vision uh, a couple of years ago uh, when I started working with an actual leadership coach. And I think that's one thing in dentistry, we'll get so caught up on all the, we'll get so caught up on all the fine detail things. And, you know, you can even get caught up on the business aspect, but when it comes down to it, like 
the leadership component that you are responsible for within your office, within your patients, within your family, within your friends, like that is such a critical role that nobody really ever works on, mm-hmm. you know, or they don't think to work on it. So for me, a few years ago, I started working with a leadership coach and we just started unpacking a lot of this stuff. And um, I became crystal clear on what my vision was for my life. And then I realized that interestingly enough, it was basically the same vision I had for my practice. So it wasn't like I have this separate vision here and this separate vision here and this separate vision here. And I'm living three distinct, three distinct lives or three different lives. It's one cohesive piece and I'm trying to intertwine it in everything I do. So for me, that, that came down to figuring out my four core values, which were being uplifting, being relational, being confident and exuding excellence in all that I do. So for me, whether it's interacting with my kids or whether it's interacting with a patient, it's impacting the lives of people around me with those four four core values. I wish I would have been able to clearly and concisely say that like the first day I ever took over my practice, but I couldn't. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of bumps and a lot of learning curves along the way, but I'm incredibly thankful I found it here at my career now at what was I then 35 yeah. and can translate that into hopefully the next 20 to 25 years of practice. Yeah. So, you know, self-awareness for a young dentist is incredibly important because again, if you're not confident with who you are, how are other people supposed to follow your recommendations? How are they supposed to believe in you? How are they supposed to buy into what you do? Yeah. So, yeah, I completely agree on that, especially on the core values thing, too. So if you're a young dentist, I, I was joking. Yes, uh, it wasn't yesterday. It was well, yesterday was Sunday. So it was last week. These days kind of go together. And so I was telling another dentist, I'm like, gosh, I wish I would have been 25 taking a four day course from all the greatest business leaders in dentistry, Chick-fil-A or not just in the world. You know what I mean? Like and the first full day would have been on core values. Now, as a 25-year-old kid or 26-year-old kid, I would have complained the whole time. Like, this is a, t- what yeah. a waste of a day. Get to the good stuff. Let's talk about profit. Let's talk about marketing. And they all would have just shook their head and said, kid, you're missing like every, if you can just lean into your core values over and over and over again, your life is going to get better. And uh, it makes plan A look all that more attractive, right? Yeah. And, may, and, it, and in a way, it makes plan A a whole lot easier mm-hmm. because when you're crystal clear on who you are, you're crystal clear on what your vision is and your core values, it frees you up to just kind of live life rather than be so focused on trying to hold it all together. Yeah. Like, no, this is just me. This is who I am. Like, and I am like this at, at the at my home. I'm like this at the office. I'm like this if I'm teaching a course. I'm like this with my friends. Whatever the case is, this is just me. So yeah. I have to be comfortable within that and the skin that God's given me to be able to do that. But um, the self-realization is the whole critical key. Yeah. So you're saying there's no chance I could get you to sign up for all these PPOs and work till 7 p.m.? No, I would change my lifestyle and everything about it. That's awesome. Awesome, buddy. I love this topic. I love this title. I think it's one of the most important things ever. There is no plan B. Any last thoughts you have on plan A and plan B? I think kind of what we hit on here at the very end was probably the most critical part of this whole message. Even like how you said, like, you know, 
the first day should be all about core values. No, let's talk about profit. Because honestly, had I learned about this when I was 25 coming out of dental school, I would have been the same way. I would have mm-hmm. been like, whatever. You know, it's not a big deal. But as you age a little bit and get a little more mature, you start to realize that that uh, wisdom not the knowledge, but the wisdom, the life wisdom that comes along. And you're like, no, really, if I'm clear with who I am and how I run things and how I do that, yeah. it's everything else falls into place. It makes it really easy to be committed to plan A when I know clearly who I am and what I want to do. Yeah. So it just, and it, and I think in a way it tunes out a lot of distractions um, because you're just at peace with it. You know, yeah. you're content in a way. Yeah. So awesome, buddy. I just I love chatting with you. I love having you on here. And so if you're listening, there is no plan B. Just lean heavily into plan A, get the right help, get really clear about who you are, your core values, and I promise you you will succeed. You will not fail. Like you yeah. won't. The only time you fail is when you stray from those things. And yeah. um it's just a great profession. So thanks for being on, brother. I want people to know uh, how to follow you, learn more about you. If you if you haven't had Zach Sisler, you know, speak to your study club, what are you thinking? Like, get him out. To, <laughs> how do I find out more about who you are, what you do? Yeah, it, easiest way to connect with me is probably on Instagram, uh, Dr. Zach Sisler, um, dr underscore Zach Sisler. Uh, I'm happy, again, when young dentists reach out to me on Instagram, I want to help. I want to be engaged. I want to impact lives around. So um, I'm happy to I'm happy to respond uh, to that. And uh, you know, we if you ever want to come hear what we've got to say and see our plan A in action, we have an over the shoulder course coming up here. And well, uh, the one in May sold out, but the one in October we have one spot left. So you can uh, con- go to our website drsisler.com and check it out there. Um, but yeah, we, you come see everybody and ask all of my team if I'm really walking the walk or if I'm just talking the talk and hopefully to goodness, they'll say I walk the walk. But, I love it. I love it. And so if you guys are listening on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, you, you can go down to the show notes and you'll see a link. You can click right there and take Zach's course. I highly recommend it. It'll be worth everything at day to watch how this all works. But Zach, thanks for being on brother. Appreciate you. Hey, thank you. Appreciate you. Yeah, awesome. Stick around while we say goodbye to everybody else. But thank you guys for listening to the Best Practice Show. If you enjoyed today, which I hope you did, just do us a favor. Hit the share button. Share this with your friends. And if you would, do us a favor. Sh- you know, share a, a, a review at the end. I mean, I don't know anything about reviews, but I know they work because it allows us to be able to reach out to more people like you and protect this great profession. Keep showing up with us and keep sending us suggestions for things that you guys want to see. I'll line them up and you're going to see we've got an amazing lineup in front of us. And until we see you guys next time, keep watching the best practices show. You guys enjoy the rest of your day. There you have it. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Best Practices Show. I hope you sure did enjoy it. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. We are always here for you. And if you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you consume podcasts. And if you really enjoy it, you can leave a comment or a four or five star review. But until we see you next time, keep watching the Best Practices Show.